People as individuals are completely unpredictable. That's right, folks. We are back and we have got a great show for you today here on the Insatiable Content Podcast. As always, I'm your fearless host, Vincent Rossmeyer, here to help you navigate the torrents of all the new content that's out there just waiting to be consumed. And today we're going to get into one of the most popular and I'd argue most over-the-top shows out there uh, that has been on TV over this past half decade, none other than Netflix's Ozark. The fourth season of the show came out in January and has been near the top of Netflix's streaming list ever since. If you've never seen the show or aren't completely caught up, I think you'll still be able to enjoy this episode as we'll really be focusing on the larger themes of the show rather than particular plot points and sort of what they indicate for, I'd argue, society at large. And that's good because as we're going to get into, I'm going to make the argument that Ozark is a goddamn morality tale for late stage capitalism in America. But before we get into my likely overly deep reading of this show, let me now introduce my guest for today. And I couldn't be more excited to have this man on the podcast. I've known him since we were freshmen in high school when I constantly reminded him of how much better at basketball I was than him. And he repaid me when we were college roommates (laughs) by putting all his liquor underneath my bed. So I had to take the blame when RA found him. All right. Found him inebriated, singing like a prayer at the top of his lungs on a Wednesday night during finals. That's right. None other than Kwame. Cape Town, what? Bodhi is here with us on the pod today. Well, Vince, you know, since since it's been, um, you know, we're we're well over two decades now. I I, I just need you to get the the pronunciation of my last name right. Bwedi. Bwedi. Let's do it. Kwame Bwedi. Better? Yeah. Yeah, but B- Bodhi is the, the, the anglicized um, uh, uh, v- version, and, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fully woke now, so. Good. I'm glad you finally have told me this after 20 years of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, Kwame, I'm so happy to have you on the show today because I know we both love Ozark. I'm, 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 I'm glad for the, uh, appreciate the invitation. Yeah, well, fantastic. And I I think this is going to be a really good discussion because in talking beforehand, I think we both recognize how over the top to the point of being laughably unbelievable the show can be at some point, um, but also how goddamn entertaining it is. So I am really excited to talk to you. I mean, I don't know how much we want to talk about the plot here. It's basically like money laundering gone wrong leads to an incredibly insane involvement in... um, narco trafficking and a casino in the Ozarks. Um, I I don't think that that, uh, you know, we need to go into the minute plot points because it's such a plot heavy show that you just sort of need to see it for yourself. I think I'm much more interested in like what the show seems to represent in general. And I say, again, I, I really like this show, but to me it's like watching, like it's like, the show is so fast paced and so constantly hectic that it's like, you know, not a, I've never done it myself, but it's like dir- dr- injecting heroin directly into your veins as they do on the show. Well, I mean, sp- sp- speaking of heroin, you, you, you just can't go wrong with with drug trafficking. Exactly. As a, as, as a plot line. I mean, you know, here we are, um, all of us, you know, kind of trudging from our, 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 our nine to five day in, day out. And of course you, you know, see these, uh, these, uh, these dramas, these documentaries, um, and it, it, it's of a 
world that um, you have some sense of, it, just in terms of you know you 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 read the news headlines, you see the 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 big arrests, so on and so forth. But in terms of the actual um, you know day to day manifestation of it, you you, you you're it's a com- completely foreign. Um, and so that in and of itself, um, not, not only is it not only is it foreign, but it's exciting. Um, it's much more exciting than than your boring life and my boring life. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's just it's just an easy um, it's just an easy hook. Um, and I think, um, you know, what makes Ozark sort of um, what makes Ozark sort of stand out for lack of a better term from some of your other um uh you know boilerplate um uh, uh drug trafficking um genre i think of you know uh, narcos narcos is a great example which, which i love yep. um and all you know all the way back to you know all the way back to your you know quintessential um the uh, films like Scarface and, and so on and so forth. What, what what makes Narcos sort of stand out from that is obviously the dichotomy of um, of the exciting, dangerous, yeah. death defying um, drug trafficking life um, being um, uh, being experienced by. You know what? What we're led to believe as being the most milk toast, um, you know, generic uh, uh, family. You know, two yeah. kids, two parents, two kids, white, uh, so on and so forth. No, it, so that 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 that's the that is the sort of quintessential selling point for for Ozark. Absolutely, it's the it's the what would happen if the nice suburban. Uh, white family next door to you suddenly you found out was like engaged in narco trafficking right like to me there's like parallels to the show like the Americans where like it's the spies next door but this is like yeah but we're gonna do that except we're gonna like make it as like absolutely wild as possible and then we're gonna throw in this whole class element where you're they're gonna move to the Ozark the Ozarks and then introduce this whole idea of like they're essentially trying they're essentially coming in and like it they're to me it's a huge metaphor for gentrification they're going into this place hmm. you know where like these people did not want them coming in bringing crime and making all these people's lives so much worse but thinking they're doing a good thing and thinking everything they're doing as these white gentrifiers are actually good again i could be overreading into this thing but like there's it's i love this show because you can enjoy just like the visceral aspect of like Holy shit! This is the buttoned-up accountant who's now engaged in narco trafficking, right? And also, like, it's saying a lot about America. And like, there's a great quote for me, like, from the show, Marty Bird, played by Jason Bateman, who just to me is perfect in the show. He plays the, like, yeah. there's a lot of comic elements in this show, and he plays it perfectly as he always does. But he says, which, it, which, 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 by the way. Um, I, I don't. I, I don't lean into the whole. Um, uh, uh, Jason Bateman only plays Jason Bateman. Oh, I in, agree. In all his roles um, uh, trope. Um, on uh, you know, to, 
on the one hand, like, I think there's there, there's some factual truth in that. Like, yes, that is what he does. On the on the other hand, he's just so good at it. Exactly. He's so good at playing Jason Bateman that that I com- that I almost completely give him a pass. Yeah, and this is a darker Jason. This is the darkest Jason Bateman, you know, we've seen. I would say in a lot of ways. Um, but he has this quote: "Money is not peace of mind. Money is not happiness. Money is at its essence." That, that measure of a man's choices. And to me, what I love about this show is similar to like Breaking Bad or like A Better Call Saul. It's like, okay, let's just look at this. You make one bad choice. You make one choice like, and you could even argue at the beginning, the choice he makes to become involved in their narcos, like mm-hmm. in, in this type of thing is really done to save his life. But like that one choice then spirals slowly outwards until you're suddenly making all of these uh, choices, which, you know, you're constantly justifying to yourself, but at the yeah. same time, like, are genuinely awful and antisocial behaviors where if everyone did these things, we wouldn't have a society because there'd just be mass murder and everyone just looking out for themselves. Right. right. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, it, it, it definitely goes off on the deep end. Um, but I mean, I think um, <laughs> maybe trying to bring it back to uh, a more sort of manageable, uh, uh, moderate perspective. Um, I, I think it's, it speaks to this idea of um, everyone operates off of incentive structures. Yes. <laughs> and when you make, you know, and, and, and each decision begets, um, begets additional um, incentives. Yes, and, great and, point. And and, and, and and a feedback loop. Um, and so you know, once you know, once he made that sort of fateful uh, decision to uh, get himself involved, even though it was uh, essentially to, to save his life. I mean, uh, the 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 die was cast at that point. Um, you know. Yeah. Every subsequent decision is um, is built off of the incentive structure that was created from the previous decisions. Absolutely. And then there's to me that to me, why this says so much about like contemporary America is that there's such a focus on anything is justified if you are doing it for money and, and, and like amassing wealth, no matter what you have to do to accumulate it and. I, I think one of the larger ideas too that I just am, I find is something that I truly believe in my own life is that like human beings have a remarkable capacity to, to just create our own narratives of our own lives in our heads, right? And so this show is trying to tell us that people can justify any decisions they make no matter how reprehensible. And like, so Kwame, I- But do you think, but, 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 but do you think um, at this point, I, 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 don't, I don't think at this point Marty, is making the decisions that he makes um, uh, for money. Um, I, I, I do think at the, the the root of it, you know, he made a number of um, maybe questionable decisions that, um, you know, pu- ended up pulling his family in further than um, he otherwise would have liked to. And I do think that um, at this point, um, his decisions aren't so much about money as much as it is um, 
you know, the only way I know to keep us safe is to do more crime. Yes, I agree with um, that. And, and and I think in addition to that, um, in addition to that, I, I do think there's an element um, that's uh, a bit understated in the series um, to, to date that uh, it does it kind of, you know, buttress his his ego um, in terms of you know what what he's capable of, you know, uh, you know what he's able to accomplish uh, in keeping his family safe, in you know uh, keeping this insane storyline from at least as far as he can see from from completely spiraling out of control. So I I, I guess I would just push back um, on, on on that to um, some some extent in terms of I, I don't know how much of it is about money at, at, at this point for the birds. As opposed to self-preservation, which I yeah. get, but I actually think there's a huge difference between Marty and Wendy. And I really want to get into this because like, I actually think Marty has some connection still to reality and he's constantly checking Wendy. I think Wendy has like has gotten high on her own supply at this point, right? Like she has bought into her own lies. Like, and to use a metaphor, which I think you will appreciate, um, Kwame, you and I both know, you, you were familiar with the young lady I dated while I was in high school. This young lady, not to disparage her, we won't use her name, did have a problem with pathological lying. So like when we were walking down the hall, she would throw some trash on the ground and I would say, why are you doing that? Why did you throw that trash on the ground? And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't throw any trash on the ground. And it would make me feel like I was going crazy because it was like, I know what I just saw. And yet you're telling me it didn't happen. And that's how I feel when I'm watching Wendy, where Wendy is and like. Also, I, and I mean, this is a bit of an aside, but I mean, we've already opened the door. <laughs> I, also remember, I also remember freshman year uh, walking into our hallway in our dorm and seeing her um, with her, her ear cup. Uh, outside our, <laughs> our, our dorm room uh, trying to eavesdrop on you and whatever it is that you were doing and, and as soon as she saw me she she, she turned around and uh, booked it uh, um, so anyway I don't know where I was going with that but um, but if you yeah. asked her about it she would have said it she didn't do it yeah, 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 yeah. But so, 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 yeah. So, what, so, what's, so what's the Wendy connection? There? The Wendy connection is Wendy lies to herself all the time and doesn't realize mm-hmm. she's lying. Because I truly mm-hmm. think, I'm sure you've met people like this in your life who, like, mm-hmm. you can tell that, like, they any, any, like, strict hold they had on reality and lies has just become, like, frayed at this point and so like she I think and this is like probably my most controversial opinion on the show she's terrible at what she does she's the reason they keep getting into this mess from her affair which sort of starts the entire thing to now she constantly thinks she's doing like the best thing and she's outsmarting everyone and like she's outsmarting the cartel and, and she's constantly being outplayed at every single move. Like Ryan Rossillo, the podcaster, has this take that Pam is actually the worst character on The Office. I feel the same way about Wendy. She's actually terrible, but is convinced she's awesome. And Marty is actually constantly cleaning up her mess. And I'm not saying this because I'm a man and, you know, uh, I'm trying to be patriarchal here. I just think she's like, 
she's the reason. And, you know, her kids you are. You would say that. Vince. I would. I'm such a sexist. But her kids now, <laughs> you can even see on the show, no. end up disliking her. So tell me, tell me if I'm wrong or not on that. Well, no, I mean, I mean, I think, you know, and this, you know, this was alluded to, um, you know, early on in the series, and you know, you you, you brought in these you know concepts of uh, uh, patriarchy and, and, and sexism and, and and what have you, and and, and I don't remember exact, I don't remember all the details, but you know, uh, Wendy made very clear that. Um, you know, I think she felt her um, her once burgeoning political career was sidetracked by yep. by settling down and having a family, um, and more often than not, that's something that um, you know uh, professional women deal with more than professional men, um, and so you know it's not. You know, terribly unsurprising that um, you know the way that she shows up is in throughout the rest of the series is in such a way as to um, as to prove herself um, uh, to herself, um, if, if if nothing else, um, that you know she's still got it, um, and that. You know, she hasn't missed a beat. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, uh, the, the the conversations that, um, she, you know, she's been, uh, you know, that, that, that she has been engaged in with um, the lawyer, I forget his name, and um, uh, the, the, the state legislator from, uh, I believe it was Illinois, not, not Missouri, um, you can tell, like, I mean, she is like, she is in her element. She's like, yeah. yes, this is what I, you know, this is what I've been. She, she's she's wanted to be a, a kingmaker, a queenmaker, completely um, from from the, the outset outset of her career, and and her family life derailed that. And so now it was like, okay, well, if you've gotten me mixed in with uh, uh, drugs and crime, uh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna pull a. Uh, a Joseph Kennedy. No, or, and, uh, <laughs> or to be, I, I would say even the better parallel here is Walter White. She's the Walter White of the show. And this is not to not, I actually think Laura Linney is an ama- does an amazing uh, job of portraying great, Randy Burton. Yeah, and we, we need to talk about how good the performances are on here, especially mm-hmm. like the scenes between Wendy uh, or Laura Linney, who's playing Wendy, and Julia Garner, who plays Ruth, who was, I, from my understanding, was pretty much <laughs> undiscovered before this show. Is there every scene there together is just electric? Like Julia yeah. Garner steals scenes in this show, and like I hope she has a long career because she is just so magnetic when she's on screen. But their their tension is so palpable, and the, I mean, I would truly say, probably the the most impactful scenes from these shows are the endings of the third and fourth seasons where Ruth really, her character really comes to shine in like sort of the huge plot twists that occur. And the one at the end of this season that ends in a cliffhanger is just riveting TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, 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 I totally agree. Um, they, they, they've got a, uh, um, they have a, a negative chemistry that, yes. that, that works <laughs> on, on screen. Um, one, one, one thing I wanted to uh, uh, 
mention was you, I think you opened this up talk, talking about how um, a lot of Ozark seems to be a commentary on uh, quote unquote late stage capitalism. I yeah. think that was the, the term that you used. And it struck me that, um, you know, the, the lighting budget for Ozark is non-existent. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, I mean, literally, like, who would live in that house? I agree. Like, like, yeah, seriously, like just turn on a fucking lamp. Like, it two in the afternoon, and like, you can't see the person in front of you who's speaking. Yeah, who you're speaking with. Um, but you know, back to your comment about the whole late stage capitalism thing. I, 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 I can't help but think that the way that the um, uh, the series is shot in terms of the cinematography um, and the abject lack of lighting, um, it, it, it makes Ozark, it, it gives it a, a sort of dystopian feel. Yes. Um, and I mean, I, I, I would only, I can only assume that <laughs> that that is intentional because oh, absolutely. Um, all of the folks uh, in the, the the cutting room are seeing exactly what I'm seeing <laughs> that, that it's very poorly lit um, and um, just dark and uh, foreboding um, and so um, I, I think I, I relate that whole kind of dystopian feel to you know what, what you were saying about um you know this concept of like late stage capitalism it's like we're just on a a bullet train to a place that we don't actually want to arrive at yeah and i to me there's an element of this where this show is posing the question of okay like let's say everyone does follow their own selfish desires to the logical end no matter the situation Mm -hmm. Well, this is what you fucking get. You get a lot of people dead. Everyone is, you know, everyone is just after their own Ayn Randian greed. Um, And what ends up happening is like a lot of people die, including family members and innocent bystanders. And ultimately, I think this show does really show who ends up getting fucked the most. The poor, the poor, the like the lower income people that the birds come in contact with who they keep saying they're going to make their lives better. Um, but they're essentially a menace in the same way that the, like the narcos, um, and the Navarros are like a menace to the birds or the birds feel they are like they're doing, the birds are doing the same thing to the character we haven't talked about yet. That plays a lot, uh, plays a central role. I think in a lot of the series is Darlene. Um, and I know you love her boyfriend, Wyatt. And I, I think you wanted to talk about how much you love every single time they are on screen together and they're amazing Yuck. chemistry making out. Yeah. Yuck. Talk about birth control. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Um, yeah, you know, I, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm uh, a, a, a Renaissance man and I'm <laughs> super woke. Um, uh, that is how people describe you. It, it doesn't get any woker than me, but, um, you know, I'm also an ageist and yeah, I, I can't do the, 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 the Wyatt. The, the, the 60, it's, it's, the 60 year old with a, uh, 18 year old is a bridge too far for you. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm, I'm being a bit, bit tongue in cheek. Um, yeah. we, you know, the, the thing about coming on to your podcast, I hadn't figured out, um, I still haven't figured out what my, um, 
what my my pod this is my, this is my first podcast by the way so I'm, I feel um, honored you know, you've, you've, you've 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 broken my cherry um I haven't uh, figured out what my podcast uh shtick is is it to um just kind of play it straight or is it to you know just kind of say intentionally outlandish things um so you know we'll we'll, we'll, we'll We'll see where we land. I mean, it's hard to separate what would be shtick if you were saying purposely outlandish things from your true personality. But I mean, we we yeah, did we well, did host an underground hip hop show back in college, <laughs> Kwame, and uh, yeah, you know that was that was a good time, man. That was a good time, I, I ex- like, except for like us doing I, it I two like in the morning, the, right? <laughs> or not in Charlottesville, Virginia? Um, that uh, you know that 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 could have. It could have been something. I mean, we had that one. We, we had that one loyal listener. We had we had Chris from Cumberland who would call in Chris until until oh until he finally went to jail, and then we didn't hear from him for six months. So, Wait, he, oh, remember? He went to jail? Yeah, and then he came out and he was like, "Sorry, I haven't called you guys in a while. I was in prison." <laughs> anyway, we are so sidetracked here. But to, so, what, what, what was I saying? Um, to my point about this show showing what happens if you just follow greed to the logical end, like, do you agree with that? Um, I mean, I, I think I do. I think my, my, I think my hesitation is just, I think my hesitation stems from, um, the, the, the term itself, greed. Um, I, just because I think um, it, it doesn't mean that's not true, but I, but I think there's you know as with all words there there's certain like value judgments that that come with it, and so and so yes, I, I like to think of it more so in terms of like like incentives. Um, but I know what we're talking. We're talking about uh, 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 Wyatt and Darlene. Yes, we can go back to that. And I, I mean, like I I, I wish like. You know, I feel like if I had been boys with Wyatt, like if that was my dude, like <laughs> I would have like gotten through to him. Because like my whole thing is like, okay, yeah, she's old and you know, she you know, you no, know, she she does it for you. Great. You know, if if you're with it, I'm with it. Sure. But like it's more so like her personality. Yeah. And you thinking that you have the slightest bit of capability to rein that in for, for lack of a better term, you know, it's, 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 it's one thing if it's one thing if he was like, like, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Darlene's just going to do what Darlene's going to do. I mean, generally that's what she does, uh, his approach, but like every now and then he'll be like, he'll be like, you're like, no, why it's stepping up to the plate. I'm going to, uh, you know, get this thing in shape. I'm like, really, Wyatt? Like, she shoots people's dicks. Yes, exactly. You She's, know what I mean? Like, she, she is a heroin you, farmer who, like, so kills anyone who's in her head. way. Yes. And so, you know, Wyatt, R.I.P., my dude. Uh, um, yeah. You know, yeah. he didn't deserve to go out like that, but it, it was inevitable. I agree. And I think to me, that's that's the other thing. There's just so much going on here. And like to me, Darlene is a very pivotal show in this. And that like to me, it comes back to the I keep saying to me uh, back to the uh, thing that like shit always rolls downhill with the birds. 
where, you know, like Darlene is the epitome of like lower middle class in this show, lower I, I, or even like, like low income, right? I would say low class. <laughs> I meant from a socioeconomic, socioeconomic perspective, right? Like not as in, not as in a judgment of her character. Like she is embodying like, like low income people who live in the Ozark, right? And she has found a way to make a very profitable existence for herself by growing heroin. So she's going along in her nice little existence and the birds show up and are like, we're going to show you how to do all this stuff better. And she has plans to open this casino. They're going to steal it from her. And so like someone explicitly says this in the fourth season, it's like, you all showed up. We didn't ask for you to come here and you just fuck up Mm -hmm. our lives. And I think that's a really important message here that there is something about, to me, that speaks this idea of like rich people coming fucking in. Fucking white people, Vince. Fucking white people, yes. Rich white people coming in and fucking up the lives, oftentimes of other white people, just not ones who are rich. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, that, that, that is the other element of uh, the, the show that is, uh, reels you in is you know and and an upper middle class uh, family from an urban area chicago in this instance you know moving to essentially the boondocks yeah and, and um you know uh you know making their presence um felt in a way that um is not always appreciated by the folks who are there while also um, being a bit willfully ignorant to the degree to which um, they are disrupting the 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 local environment. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, 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 it's interesting. And that's, sure. and that to me is like, makes the argument for gentrification, but Okay, so I think we've we've covered sort of the like the larger ideas of this. One thing I did want to get into before we wrap up, though, is I have an important question for you, Kwame, which is, you know, you and I are both fathers. Are these the worst parents ever on TV in any capacity? Like they involve their kids in an international drug cartel, have them working for the business, constantly have their lives in danger and are the mom is actively mad that the son is doing money laundering for a rival rather than for them. I mean, I mean, they are terrible parents. We can (laughs) definitely agree from that standpoint. Are they the worst parents? You know, I I don't want to go too far on the limb. That's fair. We just just came out, uh, you know, of the, the, the Christmas season, the holiday season. And, you know, my, 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 my son's, um, are very much, you know, if, if you ask them today who the worst parents in the world are, they will say um, uh, Kevin McAllister's parents. Oh, that's a good point. Um, from home. I mean, they are terrible parents. The McAllisters are really bad parents. Yeah. I mean, you know, granted, they didn't, you know, ensnare Kevin in an international uh, drug ring, um, but they did leave him to his own devices when he could have been um, murdered by uh, uh, convicted felons. So, you know, 
potato potato. Yes. Um, who, 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 who are who are we to say uh, who bad parents are? Yeah, that's fair. And I wouldn't want anyone to critique my parenting too closely either because you have good, yeah. you have good but, days and bad days. No, but, but I will say but, my kids aren't money but, but, money laundering just yet. Well, but 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 the whole thing though with the the the, the parenting aspect, and this is um, an, an angle which is which is really interesting as well, is like the challenge and the difficulty of of you know parents being being on the same page about their approach to parenting um and yeah and and and, and how how hard that is because yeah. because you're you're two different people i mean yeah. it's not even about being two different different people you're two people so inherently you know you have different um you know experiences and stimuli and, and so on and so forth um and just in a very kind of like mundane regular uh you know nine to five existence um that that can be a challenge um but then you throw in the variable of um uh international uh, organized crime and that that uh ups the ante of, yes. of, of of the challenge um and that that's interesting to see that dynamic i think play out between marty and wendy um and how they both interact with the 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 kids in a way that i mean i feel like is in good faith i mean because while at the same time um while at the same time i can recognize that perhaps marty's tactics are better as it relates to um, keeping Jonah inside the tent, um, I also recognize the 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 righteous indignation um, that that Wendy has with Jonah from the standpoint of like like Jonah's an asshole, <laughs> you know, what I mean? like and, absolutely. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't say that lightly. It's like, like, yeah, Jonah's been uh, pulled into this. Um, he's been, um, you know, he he's been lied to, so on and so forth. But you know, for 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 me, you know, family is family. <laughs> you know, and like, and like, the, the, there's certain things that 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 you. Um, if you're gonna do, then like that's what it is. Like, and and, and I feel like I feel like uh, Jonas has, in spite of how um, his parents and in particular Wendy, the position that um, uh, they put him in, you know, you don't you don't you don't go against your m- mother and father in the way that he blatantly has in order to wow. like kind of make his point and you stick it to them. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what you're saying. I understand the words. I just completely disagree because if nah. if I have if I ever did this nah. to my children, I would want them to go against me. If my parents had done this no, to myself, no, no, I would no, be like, no, no, no fuck family. No, no, no. La cosa nostra. Not la cosa nostra. Well um, that's something indeed. Listen, I no, I, I like I said, 
Um, Jonah's parents fucked him over. Wendy, you know, doesn't un- get him. But you don't then go turn around. Like, if you're going to go out on your own, fine. But he's going out of his way to, to you know, al- align himself with his parents' enemy. That, to me, it, it, it is, is a bridge too far. Well, you know, folks can just, you know... Reasonable people can 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 uh, agree to disagree, but that, that's that's where I stand on things. Well, I'm glad you brought that perspective because I I just kept watching this, being like these kids were so fucked by their parents, and their parents act mm-hmm. like this is a completely normal childhood. Their kids are allowed to respond in any way possible. What do you think of what? What, what do you, uh, speaking of the, the kids, um, you know the uh, uh, and I, I forget the the daughter's name, um, but, but what do you think of? her character arc where where you know she and Jonah um have kind of oscillated where you know where where she started out from a more kind of cynical place Jonah being more um kind of accepting and um uh yeah just more more, yeah. more accepting and over time the the what, what's what's Charlotte? Her name's Charlotte, and yeah, I I, I to over me time, over time Charlotte um has made a transition to where she uh, clearly looks up to to Wendy as exactly a mentor exactly, and so there's um, there's and, the there's your answer. She is the like embodiment of Wendy. She's the younger Wendy, and this is again showing the way that like she's just as capable of justifying these horrendous decisions she's making as Wendy is, and she's learning from a master. Which is I mean, which which brings into stark relief the 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 question that Jonah asked her, which was basically like like would you kill me too? Exactly. If you were and and she didn't actually answer that when he asked her. And he said, I just wanted you to say no. <laughs> that, that was what was a mind fuck for me. Agreed. I mean, everyone can complain about the terrible uh, conversations they have to have at Thanksgiving dinner with their relatives. But like, if you're wondering if your older sister is going to kill you, if push comes to shove. So like, there you go, Kwame, you think family b- bonds are stronger than anything. But like, if that was really true. I didn't say there's, <laughs> okay, no, don't put words in my mouth. There's don't a, words. there's a lot of, there's I'm a lot saying, of family murder in this show for family. There's to be a as in code. There's a code. All right. Well, there's okay. There's a code that aligns with familial bonds. Fair enough. And I, I will, I will hold on to that till the day I leave this earth. Well, um, I appreciate that. Your kids will probably be much more loyal to you than mine will be to me. But um, let's see. Let me just ask you this before we finish up and wrap up on Ozark. If you were telling someone who's never seen this show Mm -hmm. why they should watch this or someone who has watched all three seasons and is wondering whether they should watch the fourth, what would you say? Um, I would say if you've ever fantasized about being infamous, hmm. you should watch the show. I, I think that's very good. To me, I just feel like this show has so much momentum and it's like a ball rolling downhill from, and similar to the way their decisions sort of like roll out of their control, that it's just, it's both an exhausting show in a good way 
and just um, sort of mesmerizing in the way it reels you in and you end up realizing how easy it is as a viewer to think many of the things that the birds are doing are logical and normal, um, at least given their predicament, when in reality, they're completely not. And I'll be very interested to see, basically they split this final season into, there are seven episodes here, and then they're gonna come back with, I believe, seven more. Um, So are they dead? Are they dead? That is the question. There's a big cliffhanger at the beginning of the um, fourth season that we don't really know, that is completely unresolved and not even really come back to. where the family rolls over in their minivan as they're leaving um, the Ozarks. So we don't know, we'll have to see. Um, but I, I like that cliffhanger, but I agree with you. I think this is show is compelling and well worth watching and hopefully we'll you know, continue to be on because I think it's, it's one of the higher quality Netflix shows out there. I, I just hope Jason Bateman keeps playing Jason Bateman. Me too. He's just excellent at it. <laughs> Never get enough of him. Yes. All right. Well, that's our wrap up for Ozark. I wanted to do uh, three quick uh, segments here. So the first is trust the process. Um, now, um, this is my recommendation of one thing that I think is well worth listening or reading or watching this week. And Big Thief is one of my favorite bands. They have a new album coming out this week. I love this band. Right. And um, yeah, it'll, I can't wait. I've already heard some of the songs that are on Spotify that are going to be on this album and the full album will be released, I believe on the 11th. Um, Kwame, this is probably what, not, what, what, what kind of, what kind of what, what's the genre? Um, folky, um, ethereal, uh, female led vocalist. It's pretty much, you know, in the indie rock vein, pretty much not your thing. It wouldn't have made the wrap around the, the, uh, not my, you don't know me. <laughs> I, I lived with you. I'm eclectic. I, you are eclectic, but I lived with you where we had reggae hour every day at four and <laughs> we co-hosted an underground hip hop show. I'm pretty sure this is Fair not enough. your genre, but who knows? Maybe you've evolved a lot since, <laughs> since, uh, you know, we were living together and you tried to give me mono. Fair enough. Okay. Um, all right. And then this one, I think, will be more in your wheelhouse. Sink into the couch. I don't know if you've uh, seen any of this, but there's tons of new Wu-Tang content out there, including a TV show and a new biography. Uh, I mentioned it earlier. Ryan Rosillo had uh, his podcast, but he had the um, biographies author on his show. And it was a fascinating and great interview about the history of the band and how their careers have differed from other rappers who have eventually become more mainstream or for lack of a better word, corporate like Jay-Z and comparing them. And just about also how like member like ODB got involved with um, sort of the judicial system and how he just was never able to extract himself no matter what he did. Not necessarily in his fault. If, if you want to do a podcast on Wu-Tang tomorrow, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm aware. And I would not be the person to host that. Um, <laughs> but I, whenever you start your own, I will gladly come on and just be able to tell you that you're right. But I, I love Wu-Tang, obviously. But um, yeah, really highly recommend these things. Um, and then finally, my poop the bag se- segment for this week was I watched Nightmare Alley and it has to be one of the most boring movies I've ever seen. And I love Bradley Cooper. I love a lot of the... Uh, perf- uh, people who are Nightmare in it. Alley. I've 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 done a Rip Van Winkle, and I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, Nightmare Alley. So it's a new movie. Um, I guess not so new. It was in theaters earlier um, this year. It's directed by uh, Guillermo del Toro, who's a pretty famous actor or pretty famous yeah. director. Um, has a lot of great actors: Runa Mari, Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette. 
uh, even William Defoe. But it's basically about a circus and sounds good. Bradley Cooper sounds good. It's it is not good. Um, I, I <laughs> could barely stay awake during it. And it's not good. The big thing at the end that is supposed to be this like big revelation and why you've been watching this whole thing uh, isn't was not a big enough payoff for me. And then on top of it, it's shot like some of the like Batman movies were shot like almost in like in a comic style like that when we were growing up the Batman movies from that era like the George Clooney Batmans and it just Mm. it didn't work for me at all Mm. Um, okay yeah throw it in the garbage Um, you should check out the uh, uh, Neymar documentary on uh, Netflix all right it's awesome all right that's a great recommendation and we can actually end on that with a positive recommendation rather than me just shitting on things so um kwame i'm so happy this was a pleasure to have you on and you know unlike it's good to talk to you absolutely and unlike with our book clubs i know you would actually finish this series so you uh you know okay okay hey i'm 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 three pages into the next book man (laughs) well there you go the momentum is building yes three pages more than me because i haven't started it so i can't (laughs) but i've actually read the past two so i just can't thank you you enough for slacker (laughs) i can't thank you enough for joining me and uh reminiscing and uh yeah thanks you're right you can't thank me enough i never never could um all right well that's the this episode of the insatiable content podcast and we'll be back soon with another exciting episode but probably not with the guest as engaging as you kwame (laughs) all right all right thank you bye see ya